Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you are joining us. Today is February 3rd, and the third day of Black History Month. Today's topic is all about slavery in Canada. This may be complete news to some of you, but yes, slavery did exist in Canada, and this slavery lasted over 200 years. Canadian history has completely glossed over this fact, but There were slaves in Canada who were both indigenous peoples and black slaves. Slavery came to Canada in phases. As I mentioned yesterday, the first documented black slave to Canada was a young boy from Madagascar in 1628. Slavery in Canada began with indigenous peoples who were captured in battles and traded as merchandise to settlers and traders. These slaves would work in the home, helping with trades and other menial domestic labor. In 1685, Louis XIV's Code Noir permitted slavery for economic purposes only and established strict guidelines for the ownership and treatment of slaves. This slavery was officially limited to the West Indies, and although it was never proclaimed in New France, it was used in customary law. King Louis XIV of France gave limited permission for the colonists of New France to keep Black and Pawnee Indian slaves. The colonists had complained about the shortage of available servants and workers for a long time and appealed to the crown for permission to own slaves. Slavery was something that colonists in Canada, what was then known as New France, wanted quite desperately to have. African slaves were often requested by the French and English settlers, but because there were less plantations in Canada, they were less useful to settlers on a large scale. There was less of an economic need for slaves the way it was in the United States. By contrast, further south, dozens to hundreds of slaves were needed on plantations to work the tobacco and cotton fields. In Canada, black slaves were also very expensive. They were double the price of an indigenous slave, and this was far too high of an investment for the average settler family or merchant. Black slaves were seen as status symbols owned by the wealthiest families. Think about it this way when you're comparing the kind of slavery that existed in Canada versus the United States. Canada was a society with slaves, and the U.S. was a slave society. In Canada, there was never legislation regulating slavery, no doubt because of the small number of slaves that existed in the first place. Nevertheless, there were ordinances that legalized slavery. In 1709, an ordinance was issued. It said, All pennies and Negroes who have been purchased and who will be purchased shall be the property of those who have purchased them and will be their slaves. It shall be forbidden to said pennies and Negroes to leave their masters, and whosoever shall incite them to leave their masters shall be subject to a fine of 50 pounds. This legitimized the practice of slavery, which was authorized by the Code Noir of Louis XIV. Some famous Canadians who owned slaves included James McGill, member of the Assembly of Lower Canada and founder of McGill University in Montreal. He counted six enslaved black persons as part of his property. Noted Deputy Superintendent of the Indian Department, Matthew Elliott, is known to have had at least 60 enslaved people on his large estate in Fort Malden, Ontario, present-day Amherstburg. Walter Patterson was an army officer, landowner, and the first British governor of St. John's Island. He brought some of the first slaves to what is now known as Prince Edward Island. 
The following six out of the nine original members of the Upper House of the Legislative Council of Upper Canada were also slave owners and or members of slaveholding families. Peter Russell, James Baby, Alexander Grant Sr., Richard Duncan, Richard Cartwright, and Robert Hamilton. All of these men were important politicians in the early days of what is now known as Ontario. Sophia Pooley was kidnapped and sold into slavery at the age of nine and was one of several individuals of African descent whom the Mohawk chief Joseph Brandt enslaved in the Burlington area. In 1793, Upper Canada, which is today known as Ontario, legislated for the first time against the importation of slaves, gradually eliminating slavery. The same year, Lower Canada, now known as Quebec, also presented a bill to abolish slavery. Several members of the Legislative Assembly, themselves slave owners, opposed the legislation. However, the tides were turning, and many abolitionists were pushing for the end of slavery. Forty years later, in 1833, the official abolition of slavery in the British Empire simply confirmed the existing status that had already prevailed for several years in Canada, to abolish slavery once and for all. However, it's impossible to state with precision the date when slavery disappeared from our country, as many families continued to own people and instead turned slaves into indentured servants. As Canadians, we hold ourselves in higher esteem than our neighbors to the south, but the truth is we were very similar to them in the way we treated Black and Indigenous people. Slavery is a part of our history. It was normal and practiced, not just tolerated. Slavery of people in Canada was just as violent and brutal as it was in the U.S., treating an entire group of people as subhuman and as chattel to buy, sell, and trade. Join me tomorrow to learn about the life of a black slave woman named Marie-Joseph Angelique. <laughs>